So hello and welcome to the ETAFM podcast. I am Dominic Lander with background in shipping line, uh, five years in Maersk line holding various positions. Later joined Container Terminal DCT Gdansk as head of commercial. And I'm Sebastian Vrubel, I'm the co-founder of, of uh, our podcast. My background is from Freight Forwarding in uh, first, very small family-owned company, then DB Schenker, Kinnenagel, uh, doing various things, mainly commercial and value creation. And together with Dominic, we are running the show uh, since the beginning of 2021. Uh, we've published 70 episodes so far. Most of them were in Polish. So you couldn't uh, listen to that if you are not a Polish uh, speaker. But there were some of them in English as well with some uh, co-hosts. And uh, our idea about running this podcast is about really doing it in a multi multi-host environment. So you are going to listen a lot of various people on the shows and if you are one of uh, some that would be interesting to co-host it with us please just uh, let us know via social media or just dropping a message to us on the seb uh, at eta.fm today we will summary the uh, calendar week number two and three and uh, starting from the indexes uh, both weeks were growing most of the trades so on the most interesting like imports from from Far East to North America within two weeks with the, the, the indexes growth the 10% in total for the imports from Far East to Europe not as big but still going up let's say it's a marginal it's like less than 3% but uh, we, we can observe that the, the market is strong in terms of the rates uh, upcoming Chinese New Year is uh, definitely not helping and it, it, it never did. Uh, it, it was usually the uh, part of the year that everybody was under stress to, to ship whatever they had uh, to ready to be shipped before uh, Chinese New Year and all of the Chinese workers going home for, for a week or two or, or even more. Some, some of them didn't come back. So, uh, so we, we know how it, uh, it did look in the past. It of course has the, its impact on, on the on the rates and the the market dynamics. So uh, the indexes are strong at the moment, and definitely it is the uh, market of the sellers still. It is, and it's not expected to change with the Chinese New Year this year. Although last year's after Chinese New Year, you could expect that the rates would go down. Uh, this year, the expectation is slightly different. In general, the expectation is that uh, for the next uh, up to eighteen months, some say. The, the rates will be holding up. Um, so, well, this is maybe not a perfect news for the BCOs and for the shippers. However, that's that's how it is until the new tonnage uh, is uh, is released. Um, the Shanghai Containerized Freight Index has uh, reached and surpassed the 5,000 mark, which is the record high. Uh, what we are also seeing in the other indexes in terms of the banker, we are also seeing that the banker prices are going up again. So the uh, HFO uh, is going up. It's the uh, very low sulfur fuel oil as well is going up. So we are seeing that the costs for uh, for the uh, for the shipping lines are going up. Uh, just to summarize, in uh, January uh, 2021, the uh, heavy uh, fuel oil uh, it was 328 dollars, and on the 13th of Jan of this year. It has been $466, so you can see the increase. Now, the MGO, so the light fuel that is being used in the Seca zones, 
uh, has gone up from 459 last year to 719. So we are seeing that the costs not only of the bunker but also of the of the fleet charter and the others are going up. So, so this year is unique because of the uh, Winter Olympics, which are going to happen that to take place in Beijing just after the Chinese New Year. So, so the situation is definitely not going to weaken after that. And uh, in terms of the services that are changing and uh, and incoming to the market, there were some interesting news, starting with FedEx uh, launching their own Trans-Pacific connection from uh, China to. Uh, Hunem, uh, it is the uh, port which is 100 kilometers north from Los Angeles. The interesting thing is uh, the similarity to to Amazon services that we've been talking uh, about in November. Uh, it's utilizing uh, 53 uh, feet containers, and uh, they have uh, three ships uh, to operate it. It's uh, it is something that we already yeah. observing that under the pressure of uh, of not having space within the. Uh, carriers and uh, let's say the gr growing interest of at most American forwarders uh, they you know the own services are still uh, taking place and, and are introduced to the market so interesting thing um, on the other hand the uh, SCA halts the contacts uh, service which was running between Rotterdam and Sweden uh, and actually, this is done because of the lack of the affordable seller tonnage, as we can read it in the press release. Uh, the coverage was Rotterdam, Wilhelmshaven, Sundsvall, Umea, Sundsvall, and back to Rotterdam. And one is, as you can see, some are chartering new vessels and carrying their boxes, and some are halting their services. So very interesting days. Yeah, so the, so, so the news about the SCA transport is that uh, they, they close the service because of the lack of the of the vessel and it seems to be that their their, their contract for chartering just ended up and they couldn't yep. uh, you know secure it so it, it's definitely that it was actually <laughs> almost stolen by other uh, carriers or operators to, to to introduce it to 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 the another trade that was sort of, i don't know more profitable or they yeah, just I, bought it on the higher price definitely definitely i mean you know it has been calculated on some some elements right like the charter rate and now if the charter rate goes goes up several times it's just not worth it so that that may be it yeah true we have uh, some changes in the in the baltic feedering connections so in the uh, second week of the year hapak lloyd has uh, uh, changed the schedules of their npx uh, services and just uh, cross uh, cross out other ports, their Hamburg and, and Gdynia from, from the service. And uh, a week after, the Alai, Alai uh, ONE uh, has signed the uh, agreement with the Unifeeder just to <laughs> actually get get back the service <laughs> for, for them. And, uh, and th this is like the very beginning of the year where you can see all of the movements uh, across uh, different carriers to, to secure the business of their customers. Uh, and uh, today we also have a special guest to our episode, uh, Lukas Binas from Unifeeder. And uh, uh, Lukas is going to uh, tell us a little bit more about the short sea connections to the UK. And uh, hello, Lukas. Hi, Sebastian. Thank you for having me on today's episode. Hello, everyone. We had a, a news about the, the Unifeeder entering the new space of uh, connections between Rotterdam and uh, Belfast 
which seems to be not the first one in, on the map uh, of Unifeeders, Irish Sea and the and UK itself, of course. But uh, look, Lucas, maybe at the beginning you could uh, just tell us, uh, you know, what's the story behind the services that you have between the Rotterdam and the UK with, uh, with Ireland and, uh, and the Irish Sea? So Unifeeder indeed has been looking into the Irish Sea as an option to expand our services for quite some time. Uh, this was one of the last uh, open patches on the European map where we were not present. And about six months ago, we have found an opportunity to enter this market. And uh, we have opened a first service between Southampton and Ireland and uh, together with Northern Ireland, where we connected Belfast, Dublin and Cork with Port of Southampton. Following up on this development, uh, by the end of December, maybe uh, beginning of January, we were able to find a solution together with our partners, Samskip and BG, where we uh, managed to open a service between Rotterdam and again uh, Belfast, uh, Dublin and Cork. This is something new for us in terms of the possibility to offer transshipment services from whole Baltic Sea area via Port of Rotterdam towards uh, Ireland and Northern Ireland. But, but but it's not limited to the to the Baltic Sea, as uh, as I understand, right? Because you, you you can also enter enter the Irish market from from the US or from from the Far East and connect it with the wider range of the services that are uh, from the ocean vessels. Or how how does it work? Correct, especially through connection in Port of Southampton, where there is a number of services coming both from Far East and uh, Americas. And it is being offered by, uh, I think, all potential alliances that are now present in the worldwide market. We can connect with our service uh, once a week, uh, sailing towards uh, Northern Ireland in so Port of Belfast, and then in Ireland, uh, Dublin and Cork. Uh, so far, it, uh, this is the service that we started with. It's been there for over six months now, and. Uh, up till now, uh, it has been developing really well. So we do hope that the, the situation will continue. And we do see that there is a requirement for this type of services uh, where a lot of a, a lot of uh, customers look for best uh, possible connections from all over the world towards uh, Ireland. And sometimes it, the option can be uh, mainland hub ports like Rotterdam or Hamburg, potentially Le Havre, um, Antwerp. But uh, a number of services do call Southampton as well. And for some of them, it's the first port of call after coming over to Europe. That means that it's, it's potentially the fastest transit time, uh, both from Far East or US to, towards Ireland. And a number of services have a last port of call as uh, Port of Southampton. So it could be a potentially best connection from Ireland with some of the export. Or, as we know uh, about the UK and surroundings, the, uh, the fastest way to get rid of empty boxes and get them where they are uh, needed uh, right now, meaning the Far East. 
Good point. It's it, very often it's of course about relocating the empty boxes as well. So the connection is is definitely needed. It's uh, it, it seems to be the you know the extraordinary extraordinary <laughs> extraordinary activities that you've taken just to you know in such a small uh, period of time to secure so many connections within the uh, Irish Sea, uh, and especially when you think about you know what period of of and what kind of the market we are in the middle at the, at the moment and what challenges are over there so well, well done and uh, lucas thanks a lot for for this uh, short comment on today's episode and i believe that we are going to have a pleasure to uh, to have a chat in the future and and talk about some some news coming from from the unifeeder uh, both in europe and maybe some other parts of the globe uh, uh, yeah thanks for today of course thank you so much for having me here take care bye Dominic, it's it's super interesting time. You know, it's uh, at, at the one side you, you can see this lack of the vessels, and the second hand, you, you know, there's the Unifeeder introducing like uh, a lot of new connections this this year, uh, which just shows you know the, the kind of dynamics they have with the you know, chartering parties and, uh, and and how well they can secure you know their own fleet, like MSC of course, which is for, like, the biggest, uh, let's say. The biggest winner of, of of the last year and became finally in the in the second week of the of uh, of the year they became the biggest one they just passed uh, Maersk line and after recent uh, approval of the acquisition of the login they are just uh, uh, even growing the distance between Maersk and, and MSC which which is the leader True. in terms of the capacity yeah because the order book of Maersk is uh, is two hundred uh, I think five five. 50,000 uh, TUs that a mask has ordered a recent four order or one order of the four 16,000 TU emit and all vessels have not changed that much um, MSC however has close to 1 million TUs in order which then means that this difference between the number one uh, and number two is going to grow Yep, there are also some other local uh, carriers who are uh, capable of securing the new services like uh, Turkish Arkas and they just launched the seasonal uh, service between uh, Egypt and Black Sea uh, to Novorossiysk. Uh, interesting one, like it is uh, seasonal because it is uh, for uh, mainly for the reefers. So there yes, are like vegetables, fruits, uh, yeah. 300 reefer plaques on the vessel, which is uh, 1000 TUs. So like, yeah, over half of, of the uh, of the places over the, on, the, on the vessels are reefer capable. And, and definitely, you know, it's, it's going to provide you know, fresh fruits, right. vegetables or wh- whatever else from Egypt to, uh, to, to Russia yeah. and Black Sea. I mean, Europe is, uh, has a lot of these uh, seasonal services like the ones coming from Egypt or Morocco or Levant in general. Uh, these, are, these are coming in and out in the, uh, in the fruit or vegetable season. So that's one of, one of them. And uh, uh, I heard one saying that, they, uh, that Morocco is uh, one of the... Uh, vegetable and fruit gardens uh, of the world so yeah very thankful let's see how it how it develops now going to the other side of the uh, of the world we are hearing that zim yeah dominic there was a conference about yes. uh, what happened in the last year in polish mm. ports and uh, maybe you could bring some information about it yes sebastian definitely uh, ministry of infrastructure in poland has held a conference uh, last week on the uh, on the 2021 results and the re- results for the Polish ports were astounding. Um, starting from Gdansk, uh, last year in 2021, uh, the port of Gdansk has reached a record 53.2 million tons handled, 
which uh, gave it uh, one of the leading positions in, uh, in the fastest growing ports in Europe. Uh, in 2022, previous record 52 million tons. Um, when we are looking at the, at the general uh, level of what cargo has been handled, we are seeing the, uh, the fuels 37.9% uh, up to almost 19 million tons. Container business 2.117 million tons, which is uh, sorry, to use, which is the growth uh, of 10.1%. So it's plus almost 200,000 TUs uh, from, uh, from 2020. And this has secured the, the port of Gdansk leading position in the Baltics in terms of container handling. Now, the other elements are, are uh, um, uh, wood, timber, which is actually growing by 800%. So that's, uh, that's a, uh, an eye-opening uh, result, uh, reaching the level of 107,000 tons. The, uh, uh, the timber is coming from the Czech Republic and Slovakia, where the beetle bug is, uh, is attacking the spruce. So, um, unfortunately, the trees have to be cut and uh, shipped then to the, uh, to the Far East, which is also pumping the results of other ports in Europe. So, the port of Dansk, with a record, has now reached the third position in the Baltic in terms of the general handlings and number one position in terms of the container handling in the Baltics. Um, now moving to the other side of Polish coast, Szczecin Świnoujście, general handlings have grown by 6.6% from 2020, reaching the level of 33.2 million tons. Now, as the, uh, as the Port Authority President, Mr. Urbaj, said, the record could have been broken if there were only two more vessels uh, of the Panama size. But hey, we are, we are hoping and keeping our fingers crossed for the Port of Szczecin Świnoujście. To, uh, to break the record in 2022. Now, the number of vessel calls have uh, grown by 3.2%, reaching the level of 6.7 thousand vessels calling Szczecin uh, Świnoujście. And uh, when, uh, when looking in the 10-year uh, uh, um, um, uh, line, from 2011 till 2021, the growth of the volume handled by the port of Szczecin Świnoujście is 56%. So that's a great result. Um, the, main, uh, the main cargoes handled by the port of Szczecin Świnoujście are the fuel, 6.2%. Then the coal, 11.8% growth compared to last year. Then the uh, um, uh, container business is also going up by, uh, by close to 8%, which is, uh, which is now uh, leaving the port of Szczecin Świnoujście with the second uh, largest handling in the Polish ports. Now, moving to Gdynia, uh, last but not least, the general handling volumes have grown by 8.2%, uh, reaching almost 27 million tons. Uh, container business has grown to by 8.9%, uh, which is just shy of 1 million TUs handled, which would be the, uh, the, the threshold, but still it's a record for the port of Gdynia, 985,000 TUs handled. Now, other uh, cargoes handled in the port of Gdynia, uh, it's the uh, fuels, 42% increase. Uh, then we have the general cargo. Um, then we have also the Roro, uh, 33%. Uh, the ferries, number of ferries, 9.1%, uh, uh, which is uh, leading, uh, uh, which is leading the, uh, uh, the stake in the port of Gdynia. Now, the number of calls uh, in the port of Gdynia, 14.7%, going up from uh, 3.7,000 to 4.2,000. 
Now, there's a lot of, uh, lot of uh, stuff happening in the Polish ports. Uh, one tender in, oh, for the uh, former uh, OTL land at the port of Gdansk. There are two competitors, the Stigdansk and CM partners from, uh, from Denmark. Uh, the other uh, tender for the concession in the port of Gdynia. Uh, for the uh, Bulgarski key, it's the ICTSI in Philippines and GCT uh, from Gdynia that have, uh, that have placed their bids. And the last but not least, Port Gdansk Exploitatia in the port of Gdansk. Uh, five uh, interested parties uh, out of seven as far as we know uh, and the results should be known by mid-2022. There are a lot of records in the Polish ports which uh, which clearly shows you know the dynamics of growing but uh, when we see other news like uh, the information provided by Eiffeliner about the global ports you, you can see you know the air- most of the ports are growing as well it is the comparison 2021 yep. against 2020 so it is not like super objective in my opinion because the 2020 was uh, at the beginning like the, it, it was uh, weak so it's it's not so yeah. difficult to to pass the numbers of 2020. Kind of a strange year, huh? exceptional. <laughs> yeah, but uh, even though you, you can see some ports which are decreasing their numbers, so so uh, you know uh, there, there are some some big growers like uh, Zebrusch in Belgium which which grew 50 percent. And uh, Zebrusch itself is, is, of course, a big news last week as well because of the approval from the Belgium uh, authority to, to, for, for the merger with Adwerpen. Uh, and uh, Zebrusch itself grew 30%. Antwerp, Antwerp has decreased the numbers, but just by 0.2%. So this is basically nothing, but it, it is com- in comparison to 2020, which was a poor year in total. Uh, we, we have also some uh, big winners on the Russia side. So, so there, there's like uh, also ba- Baltic uh, uh, port Kaliningrad, which is close to the Tri-City, which uh, mm. grew uh, 55%, so even more than the Zbrusz. Yes. Uh, but in, in general, Russia is, is growing when you when when you see the numbers. So in, in total, 2020 was uh, 5.3 million TUs, and uh, 2021 was 5.6. Uh, so even comparison in comparison to 2018, which was uh, also 5.3, uh, it is definitely a, a move forward, and, uh, and we can see that the ports themselves uh, they were super occupied last year. And it, of course, uh, caused a lot of troubles, like in LA, which was the, the most, uh, uh, let's say, the, the most loud example. Uh, it, it did grow 15% as well, but the congestion that was uh, caused by the situation in the, on the West Coast just uh, resulted in 11% of the, uh, all of the capacity which is deployed on the water being stuck in the, in the congestion. So it, it of course, uh, was one of the main reasons that uh, or that uh, we are in the market that we are today. Yeah, that's true. And, uh, you know, coming back to Russia, what is interesting, you mentioned Kaliningrad. Kaliningrad, uh, the small enclave in the Baltics um, of the Russian Federation, is actually the place where the, a lot of, uh, a lot of um, uh, manufacturing is taking place, especially in terms of automotive business. So uh, whenever the, uh, the, the Russians uh, and the Russian citizens are, are starting to buy new cars, then definitely we see growth of the volumes in Kaliningrad. Um, what is also interesting to say that the Baltic ports of the Russian Federation have grown by 3% and their share is 45%. Then the Far East uh, share is 38%. 
but the growth is spectacular of 10%. Uh, obviously, then we have the Black Sea and the Arctic and Caspian Sea, but these are much less relevant. So uh, the, the main port of Russia is St. Petersburg, and St. Petersburg has actually lost the volumes, which has also helped uh, the port of Gdansk to, uh, to reclaim or to, to finally uh, uh, be number one in the Baltics. Uh, the St. Petersburg has reached a level of 2.04 million uh, uh, TUs handled in 2021. But I, I agree with you, Sebastian, that it would be much easier or much more true if, uh, if the results published were also comparing 2019, uh, which was, a you could say, the last of the regular years. 2020 was much different than any year before. And let's see uh, how the 2022 will look like. Yeah, the 2022 is going to be super interesting, in my opinion. You know, so everything that we can observe on the market doesn't uh, uh, provide any any sign of uh, g getting to the let's say more stable market. So there's like reliability of the of the uh, carrier services is super low. That ports are still congested. There are a lot of uh, different uh, uh, events that are happening that are not uh, uh, helping at all, like uh, the the current closure of of part of the Chinese ports, uh, with Ningbo hitting, uh, let's say, all of the inboxes at the first week of of January to, January to being closed. So it was like uh, like like probably the loudest news uh, in the first week of January, and uh, and even when we look at the at the fleet itself, it's uh, you know that uh, second half of twenty twenty. Uh, one was the record low in terms of the how many vessels were sold for demolition. Uh, so it's it was like only four vessels in the second half of the 2021 being sold yeah. for the demolition. It huh? was like in total two and a half thousand TU. So is this clearly nothing? And even the whole year it was like just 15 of them, and uh, just yeah. 14,000 TUs and uh, uh, yeah sold, sold for the demolition. And when you compare it against the years before. Like in 2016, in the last five years, there was 650,000 TUs, and let's say compared to 15, yeah, last, last year. So it shows that, you know, everything which is uh, capable of sailing, it's on the water. It's uh, the, the market itself is super oh, yeah. uh, exhausted about it, and uh, and and and, the, and the definitely there are no no signs of of getting better. And when you look for some experts from different parts of the globe. Uh, you know the, the the date that when we can get back to the more stable market. It's not about getting back to the old rates because most of the th people to nowadays think that it's not going to happen just like that. You know, it's even within the uh, all of the order book which is uh, you know under construction at the moment that is going to be is is, is going to start being deployed in two thousand twenty three. The amount of the vessels which are which which now hasn't been taken out of the water is, is just growing. So so there, there's yeah. this, also the space to balance it, even uh, when all of the new vessels hit the uh, hit, hit the sea. So uh, yeah, we'll see. But uh, 2022 and how it started, it doesn't uh, send uh, any positive uh, messages so far. No, you're right, and uh, I think that the record uh, levels of the charters are still there. The uh, the owners are trying to fix the long term deals at the at the high rates. I mean, recently uh, we've heard about the two point seven thousand TU vessel, which is uh, which has been uh, uh, charted for uh, up to well forty five thousand uh, dollars, and then was the option to extend it to fifty up to sixty US thousand dollars if if uh, if she was to be charted for longer period of time, which just shows how the how the market has been uh, has been hot recently. 
um, and there are no signs and no proofs that it will be uh, it will be changing, um, which is interesting uh, because as you're saying. Today we have everything that is capable of uh, of carrying containers and boxes from the, from uh, from one port to another is deployed. The uh, number of vessels strapped is super low, now, which then means that when the new tonnage is going to hit the uh, uh, the uh, the water in 2023 2024, then actually there's going to be a lot of old vessels that would need to be scrapped because they would simply not be not be running or they would not be capable of uh, of. Uh, of passing the uh, um, the energy uh, uh, certification uh, sooner or later. So the the interesting part is that even banks they just uh, downplay the fear about the price war. So you, you know when you mm. look at the uh, at the order book itself, it's just quadrupling quadrupling comparing to twenty twenty, which was a weak year. Let's let's be honest. Yeah. yeah? But uh, but even the the banks they just uh, don't think that uh, that we are going to the price war that we've already observed on the market uh, in the past and uh, uh, yeah I, I think the analysts they are just uh, uh, on the same page on that that uh, it, it's we are moving forward but we are not and in, in, in the forward it doesn't mean what was before in the market yeah. so it's like really something new very difficult to predict anything. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a new page on the history of of, of the shipping and uh, of the container shipping. And it was always the case when uh, when the carriers were ordering new tonnage, and everybody was ordering new tonnage, and uh, and then you could see that after two years the rates were going down. Uh, this year or this year and this years should be much different, as you're saying. Uh, the congestion is not over yet. Covid is still striking. Um, the uh, the earnings uh, and the the yeah. Uh, today's super earnings of all the shipping lines are great, but most likely the shareholders will get used to them, and uh, they will not allow even to uh, for the uh, for the uh, uh, rates to go down to these really uh, low levels, which uh, which did not uh, allow the shipping lines to invest and to to have a regular good, uh, I would say decent business, right? Because one thing is uh, to make extra buck here and there. And the other one is to have a sustainable, uh, regular, well-paid uh, business with good margins, um, which has not been the case for the shipping industry for many years. Yeah. So now we can see the, the pendulum is swinging to the other side when the shipping lines are having super record uh, high uh, revenues. Uh, but then again, you know, for the last many years, they have been losing or they have been on a, on a break even. So I think uh, Mask has just released the new 2021 earnings uh, uh, results which are just proving that this year has been great yeah let's say the expectation update yeah it's not calculated <laughs> of course and it's not public but they just uh, publish the expectations and and, yes. uh, and and the expectation is that they are going to hit to hit 24 billion us dollars uh, ebita so it's 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 huge <laughs> yes and it's close to 20 million ebit wow yeah so uh, you know if if we were to go back in time and to do something, then one of the things I would have done definitely is to invest my money in the shipping lines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even in Zim. <laughs> yes, everybody. You know, uh, we, mean, all. we all had a chance. We all had a chance on the IPO of Zim to invest some. It, yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's few times more today than it used to be on the public offering. Uh, yeah, unfortunate. <laughs> well, we have the saying that we are always very wise after the things have happened. <laughs> That's true. That's always that's always easier. That's that's how it is. 
Yeah. Uh, at the same time, you know, uh, MSC just uh, just uh, got approved with the login in Brazil, and the, the 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 let's say the landscape in Brazil is also interesting because it seems to be that uh, the top three players they have uh, very strong local uh, acquisitions in the past. So MSC, Merskline, and uh, CMA, mm-hmm. they just uh, all of them are super interested in Brazil, and the MSC for of course thanks uh, thanks to. To the uh, recent acquisition is just growing the distance to to to, to Maersk line. Uh, I think it, it w- what's different about Maersk at the moment is their uh, uh, clear strategy strategy of not growing the uh, the uh, let's say fleet size. They it was yeah. very clear on their. Uh, second quarter summary, as far I remember, in September, that they just uh, put it in public. That's uh, the the fleet is going to be the same. They are just going to renew, you know, the old vessels, but it's not going to change much. Uh, there there are slight movements on this, uh, let's say, feeder size. So they're investing in the bigger sizes of the of the f- feeder and uh, and lo- local vessels, which, which are almost four thousand TUs, which is big. This uh, Bangkok Max uh, uh, size. And uh, and they're also investing a lot in the let's say environmental friendly uh, uh, activities. So they just uh, uh, targeted the zero carbon uh, to twenty forty. It was twenty fifty before, yeah. and uh, and of course uh, a week before we've we've heard that they took an option to buy sixteen uh, twelve twelve uh, vessels of sixty thousand TUs uh, uh, based on the e methanol. Uh, and, and now they're just you know delivering this uh, this pressure to the market to to other carriers, but they also very wisely use this for the PR and to uh, and for for the selling activities towards the largest BCOs, uh, who has also let's say clear uh, sustainability uh, in their strategy, like IKEA for example. Mm. So so yeah, this yeah. is this is something very different when you compare it to. To other uh, other carriers, and uh, I think we are already all of us are used to Maersk delivering these new things to the market because it's been already uh, oh, like two decades at least that that the Maersk is, uh, is 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 changing how the how the market behaves. True, some of the some of the things were you know accepted. Uh, obviously, Maersk has been releasing the largest uh, vessels for many years. Then there was the daily Maersk, which uh, I think was ahead of its time and was not so greatly accepted by the market. Uh, and it's not with us anymore. But then Maersk is, uh, is looking for new ways to expand, as, as they call themselves. They are the uh, integrated logistics operator, which then means that uh, they are looking for other uh, niches in the, and, and markets that they have uh, been developing recently with, uh, with some good effect. Um, I think the news about decreasing the CO2 emissions is exactly the news which we would like to hear more. And uh, definitely, we are supportive of the uh, of the old pro-ecological uh, um, uh, moves. Uh, we know that the transportation is maybe not the highest in terms of uh, polluting, uh, but still, there's there's much that we can do as a, as an industry. So definitely, it's a it's a step in the right direction. Let's see how the other market, uh, sorry, how the other um, uh, shipping lines uh, uh, will uh, will adopt. We know that some of them are looking into LNG. Some of them are looking into scrubbers still. Some of them are looking into emethanol, and some even are looking into the hydrogen. So let's see in the next couple of years how much uh, how much of the uh, of the fleet will be running on alternative fuels. As far as we know, uh, now it's more than thirty 
uh, percent of all the uh, the new buildings that will be uh, released in the um, uh, in, in Asia. Uh, that has been uh, that has been already ordered with the uh, with the alternative fuels LNG, methanol, or or the others, which is I think interesting to see, and it will also change the bunker market. Yeah, just just January has brought two uh, two new vessels from CMA uh, w- within the LNG propulsion being yeah. deployed. Uh, so this this is the uh, CMA Everglade uh, just last week and a week before CMA CGM Apollon, both uh, almost. 15,500 TUs, LNG-based, but it's it's still different, you know. At the yeah. same time, we, we, we see some some smaller verses from, from MSC being deployed uh, mainly for, uh, or even ordered, uh, ordered to the uh, uh, construction in, in China for, for the Asia market, which is like purely uh, heavy fuel, no, no even uh, option for, for LNG. So uh, it, it differs. Across the globe, I think it's uh, you yes. know the North Sea, Baltic Sea is super strict on that, and we, we, we there was this first first ever container ship for the imethanol ordered by Maersk in mm. September or so, uh, but uh, but there are still you know parts of the globe which which I think economically doesn't make a sense or there is no infrastructure for uh, for using this uh, let's say more sophisticated uh, propulsion uh, engine. So yeah, we'll, we'll see, Dominic. I think it's. Uh, it's, that's that's it for today, and uh, we, we'll keep uh, uh, our audience updated with all of uh, the things happening uh, in our region with global aspects uh, that, are, that are important for the shipping industry. But uh, for today, that's it. So thanks a lot, and we wish uh, uh, all the best and for, in the upcoming week for for the audience. Yes, thank you.